0: Hello, Black Healing Matters family. This is Danielle here with yet another episode of the Black Healing Matters podcast, where we offer you ideas to hopefully move you one step closer to your healing. And today on this beautiful Thursday, as every Thursday, we have a very interesting, insightful interview for you with someone who is doing the right things. Yes, because it is doing the right things Thursday. I hope you're having a good one. I am getting readjusted (laughs) Uh, back to uh, the Korean time zone, Uh, but um, I'm getting there. (laughs) I'm getting there. So this, um, this interview is actually a video that I found that I found interesting uh, first off uh, because Dr. Melissa Freeman is a 91-year-old practicing physician, practicing doctor. She also happens to be the granddaughter of a slave. Now if you think about that, you know you can think about your own grandparents this woman who's still alive today ninety one years old, is the granddaughter of a slave okay so this this gives you some real perspective on you know how long ago slavery really was. It wasn't that long ago, as well um, dr. Melissa Freeman. Uh, was born in the Bronx, New York, and she finished medical school in 1955, okay, 1955. Now, mind you, uh, most of our parents, <laughs> many of us have parents, I, my mother was born in 1957. This woman went to, med- finished medical school in 1955 and has been practicing medicine since 1961. Her story is phenomenal and I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. Okay? And I hope that she inspires you uh, as she has inspired me and many others to really pursue whatever it is you have dreaming up, <laughs> you've been dreaming up to do in this lifetime that is there for you. All right. All right. And on that note, Black Healing Matters family, please do stay tuned, stay connected with us, whether it's on the Facebook group, Black Healing Matters, or YouTube, SoundCloud, as well, good old fashioned email, Matters at gmail.com. And if you're inspired by this story, please leave me a call in here. If you are part of the Anchor Nation, I would love to hear from you. As always, stay blessed, stay tuned, Black Healing Matters. Your body is a
1: temple. But mine is also an underfunded museum of natural history. It shuts down at noon because I didn't get enough sleep from the night before. I am a terrible sleeper. It turns out I'm not alone in this. This is hard
2: to hear, but no shocker really. The Centers for Disease Control say insufficient sleep is a public health epidemic. More than a third of Americans aren't getting enough sleep. The
1: recommended amount of sleep varies by age, with newborns needing the most and adults needing at least seven hours. But while over 60% of Americans are getting enough restful sleep, there's a striking disparity when you look at race. Only a little over half of Black Americans reported getting seven hours or more of sleep. Sleep is essential to health. Everyone has to do it. So why are not Black Americans getting enough of it? What does a good night's sleep look like? A good night's sleep is spending at least 85% of the time sleeping in the bed. Like an actual bed. Not on the floor, not on the couch, not underneath someone's desk. Sorry, Sam. Uh, Falling asleep in 30 minutes or under. Waking up only once per night. And if you do wake up, it's for less than 20 minutes. And don't forget the recommended seven hours or more of sleep. Bad sleep is spending less than 74% of sleeping time in bed, taking more than an hour to fall asleep, waking up numerous times throughout the night, and if you do wake up, it's for 41 minutes or more during the night. Getting too little or bad sleep can have negative effects.
2: There's a suspicion that disparities in sleep are also contributing to disparities in other areas in health. Like heart disease, diabetes, obesity, and maybe even early death.
1: All these health risks and conditions disproportionately affect Black Americans, who are five times more likely to get short sleep. Researchers point to stress caused by discrimination as one strong possibility. Since 2000, over 700 published studies have established a connection between discrimination and physical and mental wellness. In one study, scientists found that the more discrimination a person felt, the less deep sleep they experienced. The black participants of this study perceived more discrimination and slept more in light sleep and less in deep sleep. Poor sleep quality is also strongly associated with how much money you make. Black Americans are more likely to live in poverty compared to white Americans. It's a function of economics. It shows people who are working shifts probably won't get the best sleep compared to folks who have a consistent schedule. Generally, people who have more opportunities, more control over their lives are also better sleepers. There's a connection between neighborhood quality and sleep quality too. Poor communities are faced with higher pollution, elevated noise levels, crime, greater population density, and sometimes limited access to air conditioning. Even if black families are middle income, they're more likely to live in poorer neighborhoods, which means these environmental factors could still influence their sleep. All of these things, the environment, the economy, stress can compound on existing health conditions.
2: A consistent finding is that when we see sleep disruptions, we also start seeing signs of insulin resistance, which is a precursor to diabetes. You start to see signs of increased appetite. You start to see signs of people aren't regulating their metabolism so well.
1: Long-term stress can lead to chronic elevated cortisol levels, which suppress the immune system, increase blood pressure, contribute to obesity, and more. Obesity, which affects almost half of all Black adults in the U.S., contributes to other serious sleep conditions like sleep apnea, a disorder where breathing is interrupted during sleep. And sleep apnea increases the risk for stroke and heart attack. Bad sleep can even change your
2: DNA. Every single cell of your body has a clock that cycles on and off throughout the day. All these clocks are producing feedback loops, so when you disrupt the big clock in your brain, you're probably going to disrupt some of these little clocks throughout your body.
1: Even modest sleep loss can trigger the immune system's inflammatory response to disease and injury. It all becomes a vicious cycle, leading to worsening health conditions. Having enough good sleep, it's a big deal, but just telling people to get more sleep probably isn't that effective. Fixing the sleep gap means handling it at both the individual level and the policy level. Having accessible and affordable public transportation and housing near jobs would help workers spend less time commuting and more time sleeping. Employers could use sleep wellness programs to incentivize workers to catch up on their Zs, though a government mandate would make this more widespread. Even some researchers are using community outreach to guide neighborhoods to better sleep. Then there are steps people can take for more restful sleep.
2: It seems pretty clear that there's a correlation between bad sleep and poor health outcomes. It's still not known if you give people better sleep if those health outcomes will then improve. And this research is still ongoing, so this is going to be a really key thing to know, that if we can improve people's sleep, we may be able to make them healthier.
1: And maybe tackling other inequalities in the U.S. would be more of a reality and less of a dream.